Good morning. We're going to um, do another guided meditation. And I just want to kind of recap a little bit from last night, just a tiny bit, uh, so we can orient ourselves to what we're doing. Um, I was talking last night some about the spectrum of awareness practices. And on one end of the spectrum, we have focused awareness. And that's what we did yesterday. That's what we encouraged you to do yesterday in a number of ways. So we encourage you to find your anchor. And your anchor, like a ship's anchor, the thing that kind of you stay tethered to, the thing that is um, that we always return to. We suggested you find your anchor in your breath, somewhere in your body, in your abdomen or chest or nose. Or you could do sounds, listening to sounds. When you were doing walking meditation, your anchor was the sensations in your feet and legs. Um, When we did the loving kindness meditation, Bonnie had you practice focused awareness, right, with the phrases that she offered, may I be safe and protected, right? So in all of these cases, we were practicing focused awareness. We were bringing our attention to a particular object. When I say object, I just mean a thing that we notice when we're meditating. Bringing our attention to our breathing, our attention wanders, we bring it back. Staying with our breathing, or our, our, our feet, our attention wanders, we bring it back. Saying the words, our attention wanders, we bring it back. In this way, we're cultivating a focus, attempting to collect and gather and unify our minds. And now we're going to take a little step down the spectrum of awareness practices. We're going to go and we're going to still use an anchor because it's really important. It's really helpful. It gives us something that we can always come back to. But we're going to open our awareness up a little bit. And that means that we're going to be a little more flexible. So when something pulls our attention, we notice it. And then we come back to our anchor. Okay? So, so in order to do that, I'm going to have to once again enlist the support of my colleagues here because I want to show it because I didn't get to show it to you last night. So they're warned this time. So they <laughs> have plans. I think Carol is going to go jumping down the aisle or something to demonstrate. But, um, but um, so choose an anchor. Right now, choose one of us as your anchor just to look at, right? This is your anchor. So just choose one of us to be your main focus. And we're all going to start moving. And then when your eye gets pulled to somebody else, notice that person, stay with them for a little bit, and then come back to your anchor. And then try it again and come back and just see what happens. And we'll do it. So your main job is your anchor, but if your attention gets pulled away, you can notice it and see what weird thing Alex is doing or something that's going on with Bonnie, and then come back, okay? So ready? Everybody start moving. Carol's very interesting, so you're probably going to notice her quite a bit. <laughs> but then come back to your anchor. Yeah. 
you are all now great meditators. <laughs> but do you see my point? Do you see, do you see now how awareness can work? How, how our attention can be? It can be very focused. You could have just stayed with, let's say I'm your anchor, you could have just stayed with me, which is what you were doing. You get a little distracted, come right back. But now you stayed with me and then, oh, Carol's kind of interesting. So you watch her like floating past. Look, so in other words, so, so let's make it concrete. You're with your breathing. A, a really loud sound grabs you. You turn your attention to the sound. You notice it uh, and you stay with it. You sense it until it no longer holds your attention or it's stopped or you get grabbed by something else. And then you just come back to the anchor. Or you're with your breath, or you're you're listening to sounds, and you notice that your body is aching, and you bring your attention to that achy part of your body, and you feel it, and you sense it. When it stops grabbing your attention, you go back to listening to sounds. So this is kind of the next step along our um, awareness spectrum. This is very important um, for talking for for me to explain how we now work with physical pain. Because physical pain, if you were to just stay with focused attention while all this physical pain was going on, you would probably get exhausted, right? You would, or, or you would feel overwhelmed or it would be really hard. Like, there, let's say your body is aching and I say, just stay with your breath, stay with your breath, stay with your breath. You can. It's something you can try and see what happens. But the second option is you can notice the pain when it's happening. Bring your attention to it. Stay with it for a little bit. Come back to your breath if it's natural, if it's um, neutral. Go back to the pain. Come back and forth. Now, why do you want to do this? So, let me say a little bit more about pain. When mindfulness was first introduced in um, in medical contexts, most of you are familiar with John Kabat-Zinn and the fact that he um, brought mindfulness to chronic pain patients. And these were the patients, this is at the University of Massachusetts about, gosh, in the 70s. And there were patients who had, they'd really, the doctors had given up. They had tried all of the different therapies, all the different medications, and nothing was really working. And so he said, well, why don't I teach them mindfulness? And then he taught mindfulness, and then they did a number of, many, many research studies. There's now been lots of research. In fact, pain has been probably researched the most out of all of the science of mindfulness. And what they found was that people who practice mindfulness, they both had a reduction in pain symptoms, or sometimes had a reduction in pain symptoms. But even if they didn't have a reduction in pain symptoms, they reported better quality of life and ability to tolerate the pain symptoms. So what they learned to do is something that we're going to be learning to do here, which is to separate what we might think of as the pain from the suffering. So you've probably heard that little phrase, pain is inevitable and suffering is optional. Have you heard that? It's kind of like um, we're going to experience pain in life. I mean, everybody experiences pain. We have physical pain. All sorts of things happen. We stub our toe. We get sick. We have emotional pain. What we, we don't have any control over that. But what we do have control over is how we relate to that pain. How we relate to that pain. So we can blame and judge ourselves and blame the universe and scream and rage or we can learn to be present with the pain and not get lost in that level of suffering. So when you're experiencing pain, let's say your back is aching and then you start saying you're thinking, oh no, what's wrong? Something's wrong. I'm going to have to call my chiropractor. I really screwed myself up. 
What am I doing? I should never have come to the meditation. That's the creation of suffering. That's getting on the train in relation to pain. You've gotten on that train and you're telling yourself all these stories. But when we can separate that out and know that that's a story, and what is the direct experience of pain? It's burning, stabbing, aching. And we begin to investigate with curiosity and we get to learn a lot about the pain. That pain comes and goes. Pain is never monolithic. It's not all one thing. It comes and goes and changes. And we can get really curious about that pain. And we'll see that it ebbs and flows and shifts around our body. And it can be something that's really, really interesting to meditate with. However, staying fully on the pain can be really intense. So that's why we talk about shifting our attention. We can shift our attention back to our breath. What I'm also going to suggest is if we can find a part of our body that feels good, we can, sh- we can anchor our attention there and shift our attention back to that. So a part of our body will be hands or feet, and I'll, I'll explain this. We're going to do a guided meditation on it. So there's multiple ways of working with pain to help you to... Um, some ways tolerate the pain, but also to understand the pain. We're not doing this to get rid of the pain, to make it go away. Although if that happens, fantastic, wonderful. We're doing this to give us the capacity to be with what is, with, this, with the physical pain. And then you'll see that you can make the leap to emotional pain as well, which we'll talk about more tomorrow. So, and... Bonnie was teaching kindness practice. Working with pain with kindness is really important, and I'll add that in too. All right? So let's begin our meditation, and um, we'll start out with focused awareness, focused attention. Just finding yourself in... um, You're comfortable, if, if that's possible, comfortable posture. One thing I didn't say about pain is if, bo- if your mind is feeling really overwhelmed, it's fine to move. You know, it's fine to adjust your body if you can. Some people have chronic pain and no adjustment will make a difference. But just adjust mindfully and carefully, slowly, with awareness if you have to. So connecting into your body present here on the chair, cushion. Just feeling the stability of the earth, of the ground. Maybe your feet are on the floor, you can feel that stability. You feel your your legs against the chair or against the floor. There's pressure and heaviness, hardness, softness. Notice your stomach area. Just allow it to soften. Take a deeper breath.
Letting your hands be soft. Noticing your shoulders. Letting them be soft, relaxed. Chest area. Throat and neck. Soften your jaw. Face and facial muscles. Soft. And so allow your attention to come to rest on your anchor, your main focus, your home base. So breath in your abdomen, chest, or nose. Or listening to sounds. Some people anchor their attention in their, some body sensations like their hands or feet. So that's another option. We haven't been focusing on it except during walking meditation. That is an option. The changing sensations that are coming and going in a certain part of your body. In any case, focus on your home base. Let us start with the first part of the meditation as a focused awareness practice with your home base. Your attention wanders. You notice it. You can say a soft word in your mind like thinking or wandering. And then gently redirect attention back to your anchor, your home base. And we'll just keep going like that for the first part. Cultivating calm, stability. Clarity of mind. Through gathering our distracted attention. Just like the, the analogy with the newspaper and the magnifying glass. Give it a try.
So as you continue meditating, we're just going to move to a little more flexible awareness. So keep staying with your anchor, but if something pulls you away, instead of immediately coming right back to your breathing or to the listening, notice a little bit about what pulled you away. Just not to think about it, but just to feel it, experience it with awareness. So you're with your breath and you hear a sound, listen to the sound. Notice the sound coming and going. There's a beginning, there's an end perhaps to the sound. There's variations within it. And come back to your main focus. Stay with your main focus and then maybe you notice an interesting body sensation. Feel the vibration or the tingling. Trace it, feel it in your body, track it as it moves through your body. Then when it stops or stops holding your attention, come back to your main focus. You can also explore if there's discomfort. I'm going to guide you around pain in a few minutes. But if there's discomfort, what happens when you bring your attention to it and notice it and feel it? Then come back to your anchor. So just we're, we're, we're bringing a little bit more flexibility. Now, if you're really enjoying just staying with your breath moment after moment, you can, of course, keep doing that. So we want to encourage learning these tools and also you learning to listen to yourself. What do I need here in this moment? Of course, emotions may come that are challenging. So let's just see if you can also notice, feel, sense, what am I experiencing in my body? And then come back to your main focus, to your anchor.
As we continue meditating, we're now going to explore working with pain. So notice if there's some area of pain or discomfort in your body right now. And there may be, um, may be extremely obvious. For some of you, there may not be any pain. So if there's no discomfort or pain for this exercise, you can use the, mo- the strongest sensation in your body, the strongest sensation in your body right now. So now notice in your body if there's an area that feels at ease, pleasant, good, like your hands or feet. Maybe it's your arms or legs, but see if you can find a part of your body that feels pleasant or at the very least neutral. If no part of your body feels neutral, you can remember a time you felt good, peaceful, a time or place. Or you could even look out the window at that beautiful view out there. Find something that feels good in your body and let your attention go there. Feeling your hands or feet. Maybe it's your breath. And now bring your attention to the physical discomfort or pain. Notice where you feel it in your body. Just bring your kind attention right there. Notice it. Feel it. Soften around that area. See if you can pay attention to it, the stabbing, burning, aching, tingling. And breathe. And now gently come back to the easy place in your body, the place that feels good, safe or outside your body. Notice how you might feel about this pain. Do you feel fairly accepting of it? Do you wish it would go away? Are you afraid of it? You worried about it? Can you notice there's a difference between that story and the actual experience of the physical sensations? Just notice and breathe. And then at your own time and and at your own pace, Bring your attention back and forth between the area that feels 
feels okay, and the area that feels difficult. Really get curious about the sensations of discomfort. What happens as you notice it? Does it expand or shrink? Does it move to another place in your body? Follow that, feel that. Come back and take a rest in your hands or feet or breath at any time. If the pain is very strong, spend 90% of your time in the easy place and 10% in the difficult place. Or even 2%. So let's try it on our own. Be soft, breathe, kind. Are you noticing some reaction to the pain or the discomfort? I don't like this. Can you feel that part of you? Feel the dislike or the aversion in your body, aching, discomfort. Soften, breathe, just bringing your present moment awareness to whatever is happening. Feels like too much, just come back to your breathing. Or to listening to sounds. What happens if you turn your attention to sounds in the midst of being with pain? Try it right now. Does everyone listen to sounds? How did that affect the pain? So come back to wherever it's easy in your body where it feels good, pleasant. Hands, feet, breath. And see if you can bring some kindness 
to what's happening for you right now. May I be safe and protected. May I be at ease. Whatever words you want to say. Imagine holding the areas of your body that are aching kindly. Imagine a person you love kindly touching. If that feels right, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. But if you, what feels right to send kindness to yourself for these areas of pain. And we might remember there's countless people right now struggling perhaps with the exact same physical discomfort that we have. Maybe send out a little bit of compassion to them. Breathing, sensing. Check back into your body and notice what's happening right here and right now. So I have some questions for you. My first question is, um, how many people had some physical discomfort to work with during this? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So um, it's kind of universal. I mean, there are some people whose bodies, for whatever reason, are just feeling pretty good. And that's wonderful if you're having that. Most of us have something going on. How many of you, when we just did that pain practice, found that the pain got a little bit better? It improved some. Okay, so look around. Some people did. Um, How about the pain actually got worse? Anybody notice that? How about it stayed the same? Okay, one of those three things were going to happen. (laughs) And this is important. Um, This is important because... We do, people think, okay, if I'm mindful enough of my pain, then it'll go away. And what happens is sometimes when we're really mindful, the pain does go away, but sometimes it doesn't. And so if we have that expectation, then we're going to get really upset when the pain doesn't go away. So if we can, what we're doing instead, and I said this earlier, is we're cultivating the capacity to be with the pain, no matter what happens with it, so that we can have a happy well, I wouldn't say happy, but we can be okay in our heart and mind even with the pain. Because this is life, right? This is the life. Life is going to have pain. So how can we learn to do it? It's like a microcosm on the, on the meditation cushion or chair. 
When we can learn to be okay with pain here, we can learn to be present with pain out there. So I someone was raising their hand. Yeah. Oh yeah, what was that? <laughs> uh-huh. Anybody else notice that it moved? Yeah, so sometimes that's what happens too. It just it just kind of shifts around our body, but that's good noticing, right? Because when we notice that um, we're seeing like often we have a lot of conceptions about pain, like I'm, I'm ha- I have pain all day. It's never going to go away. It's always in my knee. But when we start to investigate it with mindful awareness, we begin to see, oh, it's ebbing and flowing and shifting and moving, and sometimes it just moves throughout our body. Isn't that interesting? When we can make this shift from horrible pain that's tormenting me to interesting sensations that I can get curious about, it's a huge shift wow, it's really a lot of discomfort and it's moving through my body and it's kind of, um, you know, it's doing this, it's doing that. How fascinating. There's a real shift that begins to happen in our minds. So yeah, moving is another option. So let me take some time now to one hear anything if you want to share about what happened when we did that meditation or questions that you have in general about your practice or anything that I said last night that might have, might, Need further explanation? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great question. Um, this In this tradition, people tend to close their eyes. And um, I remember when I was first first started meditating and this teacher came in, he says, you close, you, he says, you don't close your ears, you don't close your mouth, you don't close your, why do you close your eyes, <laughs> right? And and of course, we're such visual people. My, my feeling is this, it's, it's, um, it just helps keep it a little uh, contained and simpler so that we learn the technique, but then we can apply it to the visual field quite easily. And so you'll be using it in the visual field, of course, when you do the walking meditation because your eyes are not closed. And you can also practice with your eyes open and see what that's like. See if you can... Uh, some people really like to meditate with their eyes open, and oftentimes um, they feel they feel claustrophobic with their eyes closed. But when they open their eyes and just let the images come and go, just like they're doing exactly the same with anything else, um, it's a perfectly good way to meditate. It just tends to be harder for people because we get sucked into the visual field and make so many preconceptions so easily. Um, yeah, I mean, there there are meditations where you actually focus on a particular object, like a color, or there's a bunch of meditations like that, which we're not so much doing, but here now, but there are definitely meditations that will do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. So did everybody hear her? Yeah. So just she just found it helpful to find that neutral part of her body and then go back and forth. And I really want to emphasize that you, this is something you just said, that you, that you can spend 99% of your time in a part that feels good and then just gently check into the pain if the pain is overwhelming. Other times you may be like, wow, I'm so curious about the pain and spend 99% of the time with the pain and 1% on the new. But it's helpful to have that movement back and forth because it allows it to kind of integrate a little bit. And it, it, it also gives your mind a little break. It gives your mind a break, but it's a mindful break. It's a mindful distraction in a sense. It's very helpful. Yes. Um, because we're not, in my mind, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not very successful at suppressing pain. <laughs> um, I don't know, with, um, with emotions, it's kind of, you'll see, because we'll be doing similar work with emotions. Emotions, we tend to like, okay, I'm not going to, I don't want to have to feel that emotion, so I'm going to suppress the emotion. But, um, but this isn't a suppression. This is like a, this is just a kind of integrated way of moving back and forth. So it gives us more capacity to be present with the emotion. And it, it it's, uh, sorry, sorry, to be present with the pain. It's not, um, it's not avoiding the pain. And it's not going so deeply into it that we get overwhelmed. It's kind of an, for me, it's a, it's a balance between the two. So it's definitely, I don't see it as a suppression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. So she was saying, she was reminded of the story of my, when my daughter said, Mommy, I can handle it, right? So we can, we can handle it. We can handle it. By the way, there's plenty of things she can't handle, just in case you think she's some, like, guru or something. She's not. <laughs> that just was a very wonderful moment in parenting. But anyway, so... so um, but this is it. But this is really the essence of really everything we're up to with, um, with this. I think I've said it so many times already. But that there's there is constant flow of challenges and goodness in our life, and how do we find the capacity to be able to handle it? This is the interesting question. And mindfulness. This is one. Mindfulness does many many things, but this is one of the beautiful aspects of mindfulness, that our mind gets more strong, stronger, more powerful, more open, more spacious, less, less, uh, less self-centered, really, and more available to the world, to ourselves, and to the world. It's kind of, a, in my opinion, so the question is, how do we balance, um, I think I'm just going to phrase it a little differently, but I hope I get to the essence of it. He, he's talking about, about the balance between 
how much effort we make on the cushion or when we're meditating, whether we're working really hard because we know there's so many good things that are the benefits of it, but not maybe, are you saying this, maybe not working too hard that we burn out or something? Or do, do you want to... Yeah, so this is a beautiful, beautiful paradox of meditation. That we were, he's, he's saying working hard and letting be. And really that's, that's one of the, it's a, we're constantly, as we're meditating in that dialectic, right? We're in this, this like, we want to work at it. We want to put in persistence. We make effort. Because as we make effort, we get results. And at the same time, there's a letting go that has to happen, an opening to what is. Okay, I, I'm willing to be with it even when whatever is happening. So it's, it's like we're, we're both simultaneously working and surrendering at the same time. And it's not an easy thing to do. And so usually what, what happens with people is you work, work, work. Now I'm trying, I'm working really hard. I'm going to stay up. I'm going to meditate another hour. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then, whoa, I'm exhausted. Crash, burn, boom. So I'll settle back. And now, now I'm too lazy. I don't even want to get out of bed. I'm not even going to meditate, right? It's it's kind of like it's like, and then you find your way and you hit the middle ground quite frequently. So you just play with it. And while you're here, play with your effort. What happens if I sit a little bit longer, or I stay up a little bit later, get up a little bit earlier? How is that serving my meditation? And then check in. It's making my mind exhausted, or it's making my mind feel really strong and connected. So we're using ourselves as a as the experiment essentially. Huh. Um, I do. I do kind of about a half an hour in the mornings, and um, if I have more time, it depends on like when my daughter wakes up <laughs> and if, what time I get up. So if I get up long enough, I get I get time to practice more, and um, I do a lot of practicing throughout the day. You know. Um, I have this really great practice. I'm going to share it with you, and then we're going to. And then I got to stop. Um, and it's part of my daily life practice, which is that I my family accuses me of leaving the cabinet doors open in the kitchen all the time, <laughs> and I'm they're like always making fun of me. And one day, one of my family members, I said, I don't really do that, do I? And they said, Yes, you do. And um, one day, one of my family members took photographs of all the open <laughs> and she said I want you to take a look at this and we look at, and she, there were like 10 photos of cabinets open from different days and I said oh I guess I do that so I decided that I was going to do cabinet door meditation practice and I have been doing that very steadily for about the last two months which is when the door is open so this is a huge meditation practice for me I, mind, I see it and mindfully close it, feeling my hand on the door, closing the cabinet door, allowing it to shut, and then feeling the sense of a little pride in myself. I remember, okay, pretty good. My whole family life has changed. Everybody's happy with me. <laughs> but, but this is what I mean by bring it into daily life in whatever way it seems relevant. So a um, couple of announcements here. Um, 
please arrive on time for your work meditation. If you're late, it impacts the entire schedule. So we want to be really um, sensitive to that. Remember, we talked about ringing the bells loudly. Please remember to check the bulletin board, the one um, right, you know, sort of closest to the cloakroom for notes and important information. There are going to be, later today, so we're about to go into groups again, so you can make sure you checked that other board for what group you're in, and everybody should be in it. Is, any, did, is anybody not in a, in a group? Did we miss anybody accidentally? Okay, great. So, um, so those groups will happen after, afterwards in the rooms nearby and in the council house. Also, later in the day, Nisha and Carol will be available for um, meetings if you're having a need to see a teacher, okay? If you've already seen a teacher today, maybe leave it open for the people who haven't, unless you're going through something that would be really, you feel like it would be really, really helpful to meet with a teacher, okay? Because um, they're available to you and to support you, and we want to make sure people can get, uh, have access. Oh, all right, and Jill will also is also going to be available, and she, at, there's going to be sign-ups on a board out there, and Jill will also be available if you have issues related to body posture, physical pain. Um, that's Jill's specialty, and um, she's available as well. Okay, so we the last thing is we need a practice leader, and a practice leader is someone who's going to sit up here at um, and you do absolutely nothing except meditate and ring the bell at the right time. And the right time is on the sheet. So anybody willing to do it at, um, for this next meditation at 10.30? Anybody willing to be the practice leader? Excellent. And um, how about for the uh, 12 o'clock? Great. And so all you do, like I said, sit up here. You don't have to give a whole discourse and no, like, that's not going to happen. In fact, if you do that, anyway, it, you said it did happen once. It did happen. Yes. That's what he said. I've never experienced it. Anyway, please don't do that or you will become a story for, for years from now. All you do is you sit here and look at the clock and ring the bell at the end time. And people will be very grateful, including us. Okay? So I think that's it.